Welcome to season two of Employee Buzz, a podcast about reaching, engaging, and motivating employees. This season, we'll continue to bring you fresh perspectives and expert advice on employee communication. You'll hear from new guests about new topics. And as always, we'll finish with a fun game. Okay, let's dive right in. Here's your host, Alyssa Zeff. Hi, everyone. Alyssa here. You might notice that our sound quality is a little bit different than our usual podcast. That's because we are practicing social distancing and we are recording this virtually. So I am here with Allison Davis. Hello, Allison. Hello, Alyssa. Allison is CEO of Davis and Company. We are interrupting our regularly scheduled podcast to talk to you about a very important topic, how COVID-19 is disrupting employee communication and what we can learn from this moment in time. So Allison, let's start there. We use the word disrupting very intentionally, and that's not necessarily a negative thing. What changes are happening right now in internal communication and what that means? Yeah, it certainly is an interesting time. I think that what communication teams have been doing really well is getting a lot of information out to their organizations. And in some ways, they've improved communication because the information is more timely, fresher, more relevant than ever before. So that's maybe one example of how something which has been a little hard to live through has turned out to be a positive for internal communication. And certainly here in New Jersey, for example, we've been remote for about two weeks, and that is completely remote. And a lot of organizations in this area are in the same boat, but I think that's true worldwide. We've learned to adjust, I think, pretty well. What do you think that means for when we go back to the office? There's some interesting studies out that even ask the question, will we go back to the office the same way that we did before? Organizations, we work, for example, for a financial institution that didn't really allow remote work until they had to. And so suddenly remote work may turn out to be a lot more common than it had been before this. But I think that from a communication point of view, I actually hope that this changes this um, assumption that has bothered me a long time, which is the assumption is that everyone is having the same experience. You know, there's been a little bit of a a thinking like, well, for example, one of my favorite topics, town halls. Many town halls have been run where there's people in headquarters who get kind of the full town hall experience versus the people who are in other locations who have to join remotely. And that's not as good an experience. Well, now our clients, for example, next week, one of our clients is going to have 100% remote town hall. So I think it's interesting because this is forcing organizations to, you know, kind of remake very quickly, transform some of their channels. And it allows us to think differently about what we do. I completely agree. And I just want to build on that a little bit, especially as it relates to the remote work. We've heard a lot leading up to this about work-life balance. And now work-life balance is literally from minute to minute. So many working parents are homeschooling at the exact same time and learning how to navigate it. And I think still getting work done very productively, in fact. And I think employers will start thinking about the employee experience and what that means in helping people 
get their work done and meet the needs of what they have to get done outside of work as well. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because we're talking mostly right now about the remote workforce. Of course, there's a big group of people who can't work remotely. Right. You know, I think that's the other part of this is as we think going forward, how do we make sure that everyone in the organization has the same access to information, has the same ability to participate, all those good things? So when we think about employee communication, we can break that down into a bunch of different buckets that I think are important to talk about. You touched a little bit on content and let's go there for a second. I think what I'm seeing happen is that because internal communication is so front and center, our clients who are responsible for communicating to employees are really being forced to prioritize. And as a result, what's happening is they're really focusing on what employees need the most right now. How do you respond to that? And what does that mean moving forward? I think they have been responding to what is most needed. The interesting thing is I've had a couple of conversations just over the past couple of days about What has been needed so far from employees has been information specifically to COVID-19, what the organization is doing, how the organization is responding, what needs to change, all that good stuff. I feel like we're at a pivot point and will be over the next X number of weeks where the balance of information needs to change. Right now, for example, we're hearing a lot from employees that they really need to understand what are our priorities as an organization. In other words, what should we be focused on? How should we be doing our jobs? That kind of thing. So to your point about content, I think it's going to be very interesting because communicators really need to think a lot about what is the right mix of content for us going forward. And it's going to change all year, probably, that mix. What is the right mix? It's, I feel like it's almost changing day to day right now. And it's certainly going to change, but it's all good in this way. I think we're really thinking more about what employees need in terms of content and maybe a little less about what leaders want to talk about. It's a great transition to the next bucket that I would think about, which are leaders and managers Mm -hmm. who play an important role no matter what's going on as it relates to communication. But again, right now, as you're prioritizing and divvying up, What role should leaders, let's start there, what role should senior leaders be playing right now, do you think? Well, I think it's not that different in some ways from the role that they should have been playing all along, but maybe they haven't. Certainly for leaders, it's always about what we're trying to do big picture, you know, so what's, I mean, we talk about things like vision and objectives. I think now more than ever, people, employees want leaders to be reassuring They want them to be human and accessible and, you know, just really provide some, I guess I'm going to use the word reassurance again, because that's the best word. And then I really feel like this is an important point for leaders to give recognition. Uh, You know, everybody's going through this. It's not easy. People are doing extraordinary things. And it's really important for leaders to say, hey, good job. Thank you. That was amazing couldn't do without you, all those kinds of things. And I really hope that this provides a platform for moving past this particular crisis for leaders to realize this role. I know a lot of in-house communicators struggle with 
managing leaders, each one who has their own priority of things that they want to talk about. And I hope that this emergency sort of situation level sets leaders to make them realize how to prioritize. And that's based on employee needs. Yeah. And I I mean, the other thing that we were talking about a few days ago, Alyssa, is great opportunity for manager communication as well. And I know you were thinking about what is the role of managers today or going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we know that employees, you said this a few minutes ago, employees are wondering, okay, what do I need to do now? What does this mean for my job? What should I be working on? What's priorities? What's not? That day-to-day comes down to managers and teams specific. Mm-hmm. You know, a senior leader can't lay that out for every employee. A manager has to lay that out for their teams. And managers need to recognize this, I think, as part of their role. Yeah. And managers will probably need help. They can't do it alone. Yeah. Uh, important role for communicators to figure out, do managers need information? Do they need advice? But it's really important for managers to be in front of, virtually, in some cases, in front of their people, engaging with them. And communicators can not only help with tools, but absolutely just help remind them that this is their role, that they have to do it. Absolutely. So another bucket that I would like to talk about are channels. We've touched on the fact that everybody's remote now, or a lot of people full workforces are remote, or certainly a large percentage, which has a huge impact on the channels that people are using. So what do you think are priorities as it relates to channels right now? I think one priority is to figure out if you have the right mix of channels and to figure out also whether you're using the right channel for the right purpose. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's an opportunity to, is it time to actually introduce something new? Weirdly enough, it may be. Weirdly enough, if you've been thinking for a long time about an app, it's an interesting thing to bring up right now, especially if you have a lot of people who are deskless and have difficulty logging in because of their role. One of the things that we've been talking a lot to clients who are on a Microsoft platform is what's the role, for example, of Teams? What's the role of virtual meetings? What's the role of email? You know, what's the role of social platforms like Yammer? Weirdly enough, I think many organizations, some of these things have been underutilized. Absolutely. So it's a really good opportunity to say, what can we activate? So not only am I working with clients and helping them do that, but I was really proud of us at Davis and Company that we did that very quickly. In one of our very first staff meetings, when we were all working remotely, we laid out the different channels that we were using. We laid out the purpose of the channel, what you should go there for. And something else, which is really important, the expectations for that channel. So for example, if I email you, that means I'm expecting a response within a couple of hours. If I Zoom you, I'm expecting a response within a couple of minutes. And if I call you, it's urgent. You know, those types of things. And it sounds simple and it's different for every organization or every team even, but to understand those expectations so everyone's on the same page is really valuable. Yeah, and you know, It's not easy to suddenly change the way you're working. We are a very face-to-face firm. We spend a lot of time in the same office, not all the time, but a lot of time. We rely on person-to-person communication and going 100% virtually has been a big change for us. Certainly it's a big change. It's an even bigger change for larger organizations. So in communication, often 
at defining how the kind of rules work is very valuable. And that's what we did. And I think that's what a lot of organizations are having to do. So the last thing I want to touch base on is we've talked about the different buckets and channels, leaders and managers and content. But if we step back and think about the employee communication, internal communication function overall, I think we're seeing impacts that could change the role uh, within an organization that internal communication plays. What are some things that are happening that you think will have a long-term impact? You use the word disruption, which I think is a really good word for us to think about. And one of my clients said to me the other day, wow, this is a great opportunity for us because we've been wanting to make changes for a long time and really haven't been able to do so. But now we have to, and now we want to keep it going. You know, So it's kind of like, wow, that's interesting. And I think for me, the, what I've been thinking about a lot is what is the mission of employee communication? Why are we valuable to an organization? And what I'm really feeling these days, and I think is going to be really a factor going forward, is one of our, the key things that we do is we help create community within our organizations. We help bring people together, make them feel like they're a part of something, and help them understand the common mission and help them collaborate with each other. So that's a lot different than being sort of a news agency within an organization. And it's a lot more important. So, I mean, I think that's really cool. I think that's great. And one of the things that that I think really requires is a little bit of letting go and being okay with that. When you're a news organization, you write, you create, you edit, you push, it doesn't change. But now it's about facilitating communication, facilitating conversation enabling it. You know, you mentioned social channels like Yammer. That is, you create the channel, you can sort of pose questions and get the conversation started, but it's being okay letting that conversation grow on its own because that's where the value comes from, where people feel connected to their colleagues and feel like they're part of something. Yeah, and letting go is... I won't sing it, but letting go is difficult. And for a very long time, communication has been in this model, you mentioned packaging, has been in this model where everything has to be checked, double-checked, approved, approved again, approved a 15th time, then packaged, nice ribbon, the whole thing, bow. And that right now, that's really feeling very old-fashioned to me. And I think it's not very useful to people. I mean, people need, and I had mentioned earlier, you know, sort of this, we're creating this content that's very immediate and fresh and relevant. And I think we have to really think about how we let go of that packaging and move forward toward a communication that's much more, much more like communicate the verb and less like communication the noun. Oh yeah. That's a great way of putting it. I completely agree. Well, That was everything I wanted to cover. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you would want to add? Well, I think that probably if someone's listened to this podcast, they're a little bit like, wow, (laughs) this is a lot. And it's not going to happen immediately. And it's not necessarily going to be easy. But I think that this is just a really great opportunity for us. I mean, I think the good news right now is everyone in an organization is understanding how important communication is, how vital it is. And so now where do we take it? Where can we go from here? 
you know, I used to have conversations with communicators who would constantly say, you know, we need a seat at the table. We need a seat at the table. Well, Spotlight is on us right now. We have that seat at the table. And it's a missed opportunity if we don't do something with it, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you again for being here. For those of you who have listened to our podcast before, you would know that at this moment in time, we would spin a big wheel and we would play a game. But we're not going to do that today. But instead, I thought, Allison, we can just reflect on our last two weeks in quarantine and maybe answer a couple of questions about that. It's a great um, idea. So what is one thing you miss the most about being in the office? The food. We always have a lot of food. People bake. <laughs> That's my fun answer. Um, more seriously, I miss just the informal interaction that you know we have and the pop-up conversations and all that. Just kind of in between the line stuff, which is really so much harder to do. You have to, you know, yes, you can chat virtually and all that, but I miss that a lot. And Alyssa, how about you? What do you miss? I mean, similarly, I miss the people. I can talk to people on Zoom all the time, but it's not it's it's not the same as we know. Mm-hmm. It's not as informal. It's more forced. I have to consciously think, oh, I want to talk to this person. I have to set up a Zoom meeting. So I miss just being able to walk around and talk to people and see what's going on and laugh about stuff. Yeah. How about something that you like about working from home? Well, the biggest one for me is that I can control the temperature in my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but true. My office at Davis and Company is either like 40 billion degrees or 40 billion below. <laughs> it's either the sun or Pluto. Right. <laughs> so that's a big one. Um, aside from that, not, and I do love being able to be with my son all day, even though I have to ignore him a lot. He being able to just quickly say hi to him all the time has been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What about you? I think that the, my favorite thing working from home is the expectations, the grooming expectations are a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> we have pretty low grooming expectations. Yeah, no, they weren't big. They weren't high before. Great. <laughs> right. Well, thank you again for being here. This was great to our listeners. I encourage you to visit our website because a lot of the topics that we talked about today, we have resources available there that expand on it even more. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Employee Buzz, where we laugh and learn. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe.